Hey everyone, this is Zandra. Before this episode of The Art Life, Grace and I want to give you a content warning. This episode includes discussion of eating disorders and sexual misconduct. So please listen when the time is right for you, or feel free to skip this episode, and we will join you next week. Thanks. This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zandra Robinson-Burns, founder of Heroin Training, where we learn to be the protagonists of our lives through my essays and podcasts like this one. This episode, following our episode on stillness, is on movement. And for that, I will move into welcoming my co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace... How is your art life? My art life is super gentle right now. I have been doing so much processing in my own personal development work um, about how I feel this need to be so tough and so focused on business. And um I can be very guarded and I think so much of that is because I have been running my own business and managing my own acting and modeling career since I was 16. I had and even before that I was I was doing music um and managing my own like singer-songwriter career, mini career. It was short-lived, but it was like a a professional venture. Um you know, I've been I've been working among adults since I was a kid, and um, and then there were all the other you know conversations we could get into about sexism and and you know um, navigating uh, unfortunately of navigating like creeps um, when you work in the business that I work in, especially. And I've just been doing so much processing about the ways that my personality has changed because of this. Um, And I think part of that is, you know, outside of like art and acting and modeling, that part of this is just like becoming a woman and navigating being a very feminine woman in the world. Um, But I'm really intentionally creating more space for softness. I need it and I like myself more when I am sensitive and soft and gentle and I'm just noticing the ways in which I've like not been in the past few years in particular. So I, I'm i just like feeling particularly squishy and soft today. I'm recording, so just so our audience knows, I am recording in like a onesie Christmas pajama set right Yay. now. <laughs> so squishy and I just watched on Disney plus I just watched Noel the like the um Anna Kendrick Bill Hader Christmas movie that Disney plus like launched um and it was so soft and precious and I cried which I was not expecting because it's definitely it's definitely not my kind of movie you know it's it's something I, I really hit play because it's because I'm like, I love Bill Hader, and this will be funny and weird. Um, and then I ended up crying. <laughs> and the part that made me cry more than anything was there's like this little reindeer, like this little baby reindeer who looks like a baby goat that I just like, I could not handle every time it was on screen. <laughs> I would just tear up because it was so cute. Um, so I'm just, my art life is, you know, I'm... I'm I'm enjoying the intention right now. Um, I'm I'm leaning into making this a priority for myself and just seeing what happens. You know, it's it's certainly a self development thing, but it's also going to affect my art, and um, and they're all connected, and that's what the show is about. So I'm I'm curious, and you know, to see how this plays out in my personal life in my career since I'm I'm super tapped in and aware of it right now 
this need to soften and be more vulnerable and allow myself to be sensitive and feminine. That's my update. Oh my goodness. Grace, that is exactly what I needed to hear right now. (laughs) I just want to um, make some hot chocolate with marshmallows and cozy up next to you and watch this movie. It was fantastic. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (gasps) Yeah, and it's so important to have those experiences. Like, I think of, you know, the best, so many of the best experiences of my life are just those little moments with a family member or a partner or a best friend. Like, it's not really the big epic wins that, like, look so good that I'm, I'm affected by. Like, those things feel good. Like, I feel pride for those moments. But the things that really affect me are, like, the tiniest little cozy, gentle moments in my life. I'm trying to think of a an alternative Eve Babbitt's title for the story of your life right now, where she has a collection called Slow Days, Fast Company. And I feel like there's some sort of spin on that that is representing this balance for you of working hard and being an ambitious person and being an independent person while also letting yourself enjoy care, enjoy the quiet, needing the quiet. And almost like priding myself in that part of my personality instead of shutting it down. Oh, I like, love that. Isn't it so much braver to be like, oh, I'm very sensitive and I love nurturing people. That's who I am. Like, I feel like that's so much braver. Um, and I also feel like so much of the the art, like the films and, and television shows that I've been affected by, at least in the past year or two, have been those where people are gentle with each other have been shows like Looking for Alaska or Pose where it's like groups of friends looking out for each other and the, and the being s- soft and nurturing. So why am I so afraid of being that in my own life? I think it's worth saying that I well what I love about this is the validity that you're giving to softness and saying and calling it brave and owning that it's brave. Because it's such a, a shift in how we look at that concept that needs to happen. I think there's, I think there's also just like a, a hunger for that kind of energy. Like at least in the U.S., I feel like my culture is like starving for that kind of softness and coziness and nurturing of each other. Like there's starvation for that energy. Um, and I know that intellectually, but I still get trapped up in, you know, only showing the tough, ambitious, independent side of myself. Um, so I just, I have to just forgive myself for those moments, um, forgive myself for that pattern and stay aware and keep, uh, keep slowing down and keep finding opportunities to feel things and soften and like be silly and goofy and wear Christmas pajamas and cry over cute baby reindeers. This is part of your leadership. And I, you say that you know this intellectually, that the world is starving for this. And I don't think everyone is at that stage yet of comprehension that this is part of this is a solution because grace i remember you were interviewed on a show that uh i can't remember the name of it but i was watching the video of you being interviewed and you said this that the world is starving for femininity and it really hit me of like oh yeah (laughs) hadn't thought of it that way before well i think so much of like the violence that we see these mass shooting cases and I know it's different because you're living in Scotland right now, so you're not as exposed to it in the news. But if ever there was like a testament for for the 
this society I live in being starving for kindness and softness and, and warmth. It's situations like that. It's people like that who feel so isolated that they turn on everyone around them. Well, it makes leading by example all the more powerful. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, and I love that I'm also imperfect at this. I certainly get the feedback that like, at least from friends, you know, from the people who do know me, I get the feedback that I'm very warm or nurturing, but I feel like I've hidden that part of myself in many other areas of my life and I don't want to do that anymore. But I like that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to lead by example. I am leading by example, but I'm also admitting that I mess up a lot. Or I'm admitting that, like, I've developed certain habits or certain personas to protect myself and that I'm a work in progress. And I think that's part of the leadership. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a a part of leadership that is overlooked, is this admission of what is challenging about something strong that you're doing. Because that makes it more doable for other people who feel like they don't have that strength is admitting that you don't have to do this perfectly right away or ever or ever yeah or ever Zandra how is your art life my art life is challenging at the moment and I wonder if actually this is a good way to start our topic on movement because it's something that I've been thinking about or saying to myself as I've been processing things. Well, I've been saying movement because to to fill everyone in on this story, part of my life and my art life and my work involves being being letting myself really truly enjoy the things that I love and two of the things that I love are the tv show survivor and the artist Taylor Swift and overnight between uh 9 p.m last night when I watched the survivor episode uh, that aired this week um which would have been last week as this episode is is released and then going on Taylor Swift's Instagram and seeing a heartbreaking announcement from her. And then knowing that I had to wake up this morning and record this episode, all I was processing all of this at once and thinking about how to talk about movement at once. And having that theme in mind really helped me get through the processing because I kept saying to myself movement and I think there's an answer in that of it was a really challenging episode of Survivor to watch. I've never seen in my time of watching the show live, I've never seen an episode that had to have a mature content warning at the beginning and in the middle and it it really delivered and dealt with some complex, complex issues that were really hard to watch and also really important to really important to explore but it's been I still don't know how to talk about it and I feel like I want to but and that we need to but also respecting the fact as we were saying last episode that there is a there can be a time lapse for this, that I don't have to say something right away. For our listeners who aren't familiar with the news of those two um, uh, things that you love, um, can you just give like a couple sec, a couple sentences, just so people know vaguely what you're referring to? Yeah. So there were some there were some topics in the latest. Well, this whole season of Survivor, there's been a controversy about a player who has been making several of the women uncomfortable with how he 
physically relates to them. And in this episode, it really came to light. They had to pause filming the show to address this and ultimately decided to carry on and let the game play out. And there's so much to this. And what's fascinating is that we get to see these illuminated perspectives of different people who had different levels of awareness, who had different levels of, who were impacted by this at differing um, at differing levels. And it's a murky issue because they're also playing a game. So it's in some ways a, a beautiful representation of what is happening in real life right now. Right, like in Hollywood and in and, and the world, you mean? Yes. And he, um, the the player in question, works in Hollywood as well. And there's there's just so much to it. And I watched it last night. So um, there's that. And then Taylor Swift posted on her Instagram about how she no longer owns the rights to her older music, which we found out this summer. And the men who now own it are denying her the right to perform it at the Country Music Awards, where she's being honored as the artist of the decade and um, are getting in the way of her Netflix documentary that she's been secretly making. And so she opened up about this online and told... The fans told her peers to please help her speak up about this because she couldn't resolve it privately. And I, um, I read her post that she wrote just a, maybe an hour before you sent it to me. And one of the things that struck me was also, I sometimes feel powerless at this point in my career. I feel like powerless to certain producers or certain, you know, contracts, certain people who are gatekeepers in my industry. And I was struck with that reminder, which I've been getting a lot of lately, that reminder that like these situations play out on any level. This is part of the art life, right? Like negotiating the rights to your own work. Um learning how to interact with people who make you uncomfortable. I mean, that's that's not anything to do with art making, that's life. Um, but it's a really interesting reminder too that even the most powerful, some of the most powerful people in the world are stuck in these awful situations. And because you look up to Taylor Swift so much, and I think she's someone who inspires your own way of handling your career, I'm I'm wondering, like, what you've learned through these couple of months and how it's affected the way that you conduct your own business. I've been thinking a lot more about what it means to create original work. And that is the... underlying message of hope that Taylor has been spreading is that the loophole here is that because she wrote her own music, she has some rights. If she had been just a performer and someone else had written the music for her, then she wouldn't even have that loophole to fall back on. And so what she's encouraging artists to do is to write their own music, is to be a songwriter on the the music that they perform. And so it really, it gives me some validity in the importance of creating something new. And props to her for for using this, for using her own struggle as an opportunity to inspire other people and encourage other people to do it better than she did or you know to to like to, what a graceful way of dealing with all of this that she does make it an opportunity to teach others and inspire other artists 
what is both what I really want to commend her for, but it also disgusts me for the way that it's played out, is how this all happened because she switched labels to have the rights to her own music with the condition that Universal would also give all of their other artists rights to their own music. So that was part of the contract negotiation for her switching labels was that she would protect the other artists by that label as well. That's a real lady. (laughs) So as I've been, and to back up a moment, Grace, I wanted to thank you for the pre-show discussion we had where we checked in about how my emotional health as I've been processing this and how you encouraged me to continue the discussion we started last week about waiting for the right time to talk about things and that it's also okay to talk about something by saying that I don't know what to say about it yet. Well, I think that it's a great opportunity to zoom out a little bit and and just remind ourselves that we're living in a time where it's where now more than ever it's sort of impossible to separate an artist from their work, right? Like the human beings making something from the product that is made. And there are there are so many reasons that I'm I'm grateful for that. And it makes me a better person, right? Because it's important to me to be a good role model, you know, not just be a, a actress. Um, suddenly that counts. Suddenly it counts and, and, and it should. I mean, I personally believe that it should. And I want to see good people, good, generous, um, political, hardworking people be the successful artists in my generation, right? However, I think whether we, we consider ourselves just audience members or whether we're full-time artists or wherever we lay on that spectrum, we're living in a time where like this does really affect us. Like these conversations around Me Too um, or, or Oscars So White, like these divisive conversations where some of us have had to decide to like you know, break up with an artist we admire, maybe Bill Cosby or Michael Jackson. Like there are these examples of artists who we have revered our whole lives, who we're suddenly having to personally decide whether we want to like stop consuming their work altogether. Like, I think it's just a good opportunity to say like, you know, Zandra, your feelings are valid. Like the, the heaviness that you feel right now, the importance like the 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 um the depth to which this is affecting you, and we're only you know within twenty four hours that all of this has been coming to light in in the news. The depth to which it is affecting you makes sense. Whether you were an artist like you are, and that was your job, or even if you were just an audience member who really cares about these two things about Taylor Swift's music and Survivor, like I think it's just a great opportunity as you process and even, you know, in the weeks to come to just like validate your own feelings, because this is an important time in history where public figures, artists, the people who make TV shows, um, the, the stories behind them, their life stories, the way they treat people, what they do with their power, it's becoming more and more important. And it's becoming important as audience members, like the wh- what we engage with and how we engage with it. So I just wanted to say, like, your feelings are valid, you know, and and I think it's great that you're speaking openly about it on the show, that you're allowing yourself to just like mention it and say that it's affecting you and take your time with how you want to talk about it. But I think that it's a great opportunity for us to remind listeners, too, that like, when these pieces of news break about shows or artists we love, um, however you process it, 
is valid. And it's okay to be like super fucking affected by these stories. Grace, we call this show, The Art Life, a podcast, but also a philosophy. And part of the philosophy that I'm understanding is attached to this show is the importance of presence, of being present. And I'm learning how to prepare, what degree to prepare, what I'm going to say when we press record. And oh my goodness, I would have loved to do what I was planning to do yesterday, which was say my art life is podcasting about High School Musical, the musical, the series on Disney Plus with my sister. And I'm so excited about that. And then all this happened in between and I couldn't just ignore it. Well, in an episode about movement, it's important to be flexible. Um, <laughs> well, that's exactly it. It, it, it. it is. And, yeah. I, <laughs> and so m- coming back to movement, it was giving myself permission to to change my mind about what I would show up and talk about, to reflect what I feel like in the moment, what I need this morning. And thankfully, this show has the flexibility to have space for all of the different experiences that we bring to it. And I've been using movement. I've been thinking about how movement helps me through my emotions in general and the glimmer of hope that I wonder whether this was intentional was that just before posting, just before Taylor Swift posted this call, this letter, on her Instagram, she posted the announcement that her new song with Andrew Lloyd Webber for the Cats movie had come out. And so I had a soundtrack immediately to listen to this morning. And that that song and that listening to that song reminded me that music is a form of movement for me and, and always has been. Yeah, I love the the concept of metabolizing feelings mm. through a practice um i think especially if you're doing a lot of like internal work or you know maybe you're you're knee deep or in in a, like a creative project and you're fired up and you have all these ideas or maybe i mean coming off an episode about stillness like part of your your um, meditation practice is like bringing up all of these emotions. I think it's really important to have ways to metabolize those things. And for me, like one of those things has been exercise, has been like fitness. Um, But I love that, you know, there are other ways to move through those feelings. And I love that music is such a huge part of your life. I mean, you inspire me to listen to more music and to make it more of my daily practice to discover new music too yay i love music and maybe maybe now we can we can really zoom in on movement where we've been doing this for a couple of episodes now of ping-ponging between opposites an episode on action and then an episode action through activism and then an episode on stillness. And now we thought, wouldn't it be hilarious and poignant to also do an episode on movement to follow that. And Grace, you've had, you have spoken a bit about exercise before and its role in your, how it corresponds to your art life. And I was wondering if you want to share more of, of that story. Yeah, I would love to. So I have definitely talked about training for a 5K and different things that I'm involved in in the fitness world on this show. And I had even, before we ever launched the show, I said, oh, I want to do a fitness episode. And you were like, mm, yeah, maybe down the line. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm really glad that I've had the time, too, to figure out what I want to say here. 
because I've had a really interesting journey and it's it's very much tied up in my art life, my acting career, um, with with movement, with fitness in general. So I've I've spoken very openly about and written extensively about the fact that when I was younger, I had an eating disorder that, um, you know, full disclosure, like nearly killed me. I was in and out of hospitals when I was 12 um, with a feeding tube. And it was a chronic illness. You know, it was something that was like as bad as it can get. And um, I was so young when all of that got really bad. And um, it obviously informed like the rest of my high school experience, the rest of my growing up because I was ill at such a young age. And, you know, one of the ways that being so sick that young affected my life was that like I had a medical waiver out of gym since I was 11. And I had so much association with like just exercise with I associated it as a diet culture thing, right? Like my own brain was so messed up on the topic of like food and fitness that even just like thinking about exercise was so upsetting um, because it was, for me, it was a dieting thing. It was a losing weight thing. And so, and like for a long time, I was also physically too ill to even do anything like that. So I would get like really uncomfortable with even just like hiking, like, you know, my, my family wanting to go on a hike, even when I was more physically healthy, because my thought process was like, this is a weight loss thing, you know? And again, like I'm obviously coming from an experience of like sort of the most ill that you can be on this subject. Um, but what's amazing is that my, my art has changed my relationship with fitness and with my body so much more than anything else could. So I was terrified of exercise. I was upset at the thought of it because it was just immediately associated with my illness, with dieting. There was nothing freeing about it. It was a pressured thing, you know, and I think it's important to to note that I, I believe many people, at least those of us who grew up in like obsessive diet culture, um, which is a lot of the Western world. I think many of us feel this to some degree. Like we hear the word fitness and all of those stories start playing in our heads. So I, you know, I, I started my, my professional career so young and I was modeling and acting and all of those things back in Philly. Um, and there's a whole longer story about like, you know, um, recovering from my eating disorder and like the ways in which acting helped that. But that's not really what I want to talk about today. I moved to L.A. only about two and a half years ago. And I had already been acting for a while and modeling for a while professionally at that point. But I had definitely not worked in um, much like exercise movement, you know, as part of my, my work, it was still scary for me, but I had an opportunity to be in a completely new city to, you know, to, in some ways, like try to start a new story for myself as a human being. And I also knew moving here to Hollywood (laughs) that like, being physically capable to make the kind of work that I want to make is like very important, right? As a performer, being flexible, being strong, having good stamina, like those are very important if you're having long days on set, let alone playing a very physical role. So when I moved to LA, I knew that this was going to be something I had to work on. And I remember within like the first month of living here, a friend of mine who actually worked on a different podcast with, she invited me to check out Orange Theory, which is like a high intensity interval training, um, a very intense, you know, cardio uh, class, heart rate monitored fitness class. It is my worst nightmare 
Like you could not present me with a more terrifying challenge. <laughs> and she invited me to do this. And because I was just in such an empowered place of being new in this city, of writing a new story for myself, I said, yeah, I'll do it. Sure. And I showed up and it totally helped that the coach was like beautiful. <laughs> I must admit. Um, and, and also he, like, he wasn't a jerk, you know, like sometimes coaches can be really like, um, uh, can push you in a way that feels uncomfortable or they can be very focused on like weight loss, things like that. I have to stay away from anyone in the fitness world who's like that. Cause it's just not healthy for me to be around. And it's also like, that's not why I'm here. Um, but you know, this coach, this, this guy was like, so encouraging. And over time, I ended up joining Orange Theory and I ended up um, like building relationships with some of the coaches there and, and telling them little bits and pieces of my own history so that they understood like what my needs were. And it felt like out of nowhere, but it wasn't out of nowhere. It was because I, I had a routine. It was because I was showing up consistently. I truly fell in love with working out in all different kind in all different ways with hiking and with orange theory and you know sword fighting and dance like all yoga sometimes I totally fell in love with these things and I really attribute that to like to to changing my story for the sake of my art like I had to change this thing or I, or I had to like learn to be more comfortable in my body. I had to learn to use it more to be a performer professionally. And rather than coming from a place of like shame or a place of like, I need to get in shape. I completely approached it as like, okay, this is a challenge and I'm going to do it because like I need better stamina. And I, and in the beginning, especially I really focused on stamina. And now another thing I've discovered is that like I live a freelance, I, you know, at this point in my life, I'm 100% freelance art, um, freelance art life, freelance actor, model, whatever it is, you know, I have very little structure in my life, Sandra, very little. I have podcasting day, you know, I have the, the day that I have therapy, like, like <laughs> there's, there's very little structure in my life and having, having like fitness routines has created such wonderful structure in my life that I really need. And so I was just so excited to do this episode, not just because it's something that I've grown to be really passionate about and it's such a blessing when you've been sick most of your life to feel capable and to to challenge yourself and suddenly feel strong and you know feel excited to see what your body can do but i've also realized in the past year that like this is an example of art actually saving my life i was motivated to to take care of myself so that I could be strong enough to perform. And I'm so glad you did. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I find motivation for things, identifying personal motivation to be so critical and so interesting because I think now we're finally shifting away from a weight loss culture. Weight Watchers has changed their name, uh, I can't remember to what. I think it's just WW, maybe. Or it's like, like wellness I... something. Oh, oh, good, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> but, yeah, there has, we, we're as a culture shifting away from that. And I remember one of my acting friends in high school who was going on to pursue a professional career, we were asking her, what's the next thing you're going to do? And she said, I'm going to spend the summer at a boot camp because I'm not thin enough to be cast. And I'm so glad that stamina became 
at the center of that motivation between you and career. And I can relate to it as well, where anything to do with my writing will be the best motivator of eat less sugar so that I can have the energy to write more, make sure that I am taking care of my body so that I'm well enough to write more. And I joked my sister because in in our family, she's always been the athlete and still is. And so I send her things every time like, oh, I got a fountain pen, but it's this it's called the sport fountain pen. I have a I have a um I, I do sports massage for my back. So like, am I an athlete? And we <laughs> joke about these things. And I, I always write about my CD player, my yellow boombox growing up, but I was just Googling it to see what it looked like. And it's called the sport boombox. And so I, I find the word really funny because there was always this dichotomy between being an arts kid and being a jock totally yeah i'm really excited to be talking about where the two overlap and it's certainly different now that i'm in in la and in hollywood because like in some ways you have to be an athlete or you know for so many people like that is part of the job not just like staying in shape, but like so many roles now are like superhero movies. Like there's so much content that is being made about athletic people. <laughs> um, so it's like my, you know, natural nerdy theater kid is a little bit challenged by that because I'll look at certain people and go like, oh yeah, they're the cool jocks. And then I'll realize like they're actually really smart actors too. <laughs> So those worlds have become more enmeshed as I've grown older. And um, and it's also like, you know, it's a challenge for me to continue to see people as fully nuanced human beings and not just not just project my own insecurities also, right? I mean, like even the coaches at Orange Theory, I'll like roast myself I'll be like look I'm just sensitive and you guys are cool jocks and like I just want you to like me <laughs> like I'll just say that because like like that's what's going on in my head and how on earth do they respond they they are very loving I mean especially oh, the especially the coach I mentioned earlier has been he's so gentle with me but he's also like that with all of all of the clients there you know it's like I think that he I've written about him before because I just think that he embodies like this sort of heart-centered intentional leadership in a kind of um, workplace where like he could be a really negative influence on people's sense of self or, or like you know feelings about themselves like he never ever talks about weight loss ever in a class like he always will focus on hormonal health or or metabol he'll sometimes mention like metabolism but he's like it's not about weight loss it's about challenging yourself every time to like do better than the last time you know it's about having goals that you want to reach and like he just has always really inspired me with the way that he talks about his work um, and the way that he talks about fitness. And I mean, the other thing is like, like, thank God I found him because I could have said, yeah, I'm going to walk into a class and challenge myself and face my fears in a very vulnerable place in a new city, like with like a shit ton of emotional baggage around like my body and that, you know, fitness, I could have walked into a very different class. What's standing out to me is how important the role of community and people has been on this journey to discovering the structure of a fitness routine for you. And I'm wondering where 
how you have invited people or been invited along to other areas of movement in your life? Well, I think like one thing to note is like, I am definitely like an accountability type of person. Like that's how I accomplish any goal. I need accountability. So like I did a hundred days of sweat challenge last year where it was like the, the challenge was to work out, you know, enough to work up a sweat a hundred days in a row. And I got the idea from uh, Rob's 10K friends who you you and I have both talked about. He's, he's a, I mean, would you call him a blogger? He's a blogger and an he is influencer. A people meter. He's a people meter and public figure in the in the realm of meeting people, community and connection. <laughs> yeah. And um, he was doing this hundred days of sweat challenge, and I saw that, and I said, "Oh, I'll join you." And then I made myself accountable to a friend who I would text, and I would also post it on my Instagram story, like what I did that day. Um, and another thing to note here, I'm an accountability person, but that challenge came during some of the, like the darkest months of my life. Like the time that I did that last year just happened to be a really, really difficult time in my life. And, um, I'm, I look back on that time and I think, thank God I had that challenge because I desperately needed the structure that it provided me. And it just happened randomly, you know, that those things coincided. But like, I was very depressed. And I suddenly had this challenge to, to be accountable to every day. Um, you know, and in my life now in LA, I've noticed, for example, that I love hiking with people, or like going on a long walk with people. And it is important to me to get like exercise in both for my mental health and for my physical health, it's become really important. So now I, I invite people out on a hike and then I'm getting the connection that I need. I'm getting my own like fitness in. And, you know, often friends are like, oh, thank God you invited me to this. Cause like this felt so good. And I also like need to work out <laughs> and like haven't been. Um, and so I'm like, you know, like I'm inviting people into a healthy routine. Um, and it's not coming from like a diet culture or shame based motivation. It's just coming from a like, Hey, this makes me feel good. And also like, I'd rather do this than, um, you know, go out partying, but that's just a personal thing, go out drinking or whatever. Um, also, like, we could go for this hike and instead of, like, going out to an expensive restaurant. So, you know, that's yet another way that it's, that it's, uh, I brought my community into it or that my community has helped me is actually, like, doing things with people. Um, you know, I had a group of, like, girlfriends at Orange Theory that I would, like, go to classes with. Um, all of that. All of that. I love these hiking dates. I love a hiking date. Those are my favorite dates. Yeah, I'm inspired to think of more ways. I'm always interested in thinking of creative ways or special ways to meet up with people. And over the summer, I started meeting people in parks and meeting people for walks. And now it's just so cold that I need to come up with an alternative to that. I love doing something like if you don't want to go pay for a class, like what if you did like a Wii Fit thing, like a Wii Fit dance class or like I had a friend. Wait, wait, what is me. that? Um, like we, we like the Wii um, gaming device. Oh, they have, oh like, okay. Fitness classes on there. So you could like invite someone to do something like that. Um, or what I even had a friend stay with me at one point and I, I would like play music for maybe 10 minutes and we would just dance. Oh, and it was so fun, you know, and even that that's inviting someone in to like a fitness practice. Wait, so Grace, this this story feels necessary to mention is that I do know we fit, but I think in the day I called it we fitness or something more just slightly different wording. But I made a little my me character was a Severus Snape. Oh, Lord. And, uh, like, he 
And I maxed out the boxing game. He and I. Because, you know, we worked as a team. Well, speaking of boxing and speaking of Severus Snape, who has a lot of hard feelings that he needs to work through, um, <laughs> I also would love to just mention like how, how amazing it is for mental health mm. to be able to work out, you know, or to be able to do cardio or even weight lift, like how amazing it is to process your feelings that way. Um, I... I had I received a piece of like very upsetting news a number of weeks ago and I was really angry when I heard it and I'm so glad that I now like am in a place in my life where I can cope with with pieces of upsetting news in like healthy ways I was absolutely furious and this was in the time that I was doing my my training so I I, you know, I expressed to my roommate, oh my God, I'm so mad. I put on my sneakers and I ran a 5k and then I biked 20 miles and did like a thousand sit-ups and it was a long night. Um, I'm not exaggerating. It was really that bad and it was that much, but like, that's what I needed. And guess what? I felt heaps better after. And, you know, that's an extreme example, but like, I also feel very lucky to have healthy coping skills. And I'm super aware of my own, I guess, privilege, or I'm super aware of like what a privilege it is to be healthy enough to do these things. Mm. Oh my goodness. I can so relate to that. And one of the first essays I wrote was about forcing myself to do a yoga practice because in the past I've had a really good experience with yoga where it's been grounding for me through university and through a really hard period of instability in my life and so I was feeling I was feeling badly again and was like oh well yoga helped in the past so I need to just keep going to yoga keep going to yoga and then I realized that's not what my body was ready for at that time in my life and by forcing myself to go and having to leave in the middle of the class every time because it was so painful. I had to recognize that movement, I have to be flexible about how I welcome movement as a practice into my life as well and that will that will move along with my life. I will be up for different things mentally and physically at different stages in my life and it will go up and down. Yeah, I think like you have to find what feels good for you and know that that's going to change. Like I'm speaking so lovingly about Orange Theory and about like this coach, but like I'm not an, actually an Orange Theory member anymore. I'm friends with some of those people still, but like I needed something different. So what is your fitness routine or structure at the moment? Hiking so with friends? Right, yeah, right now it's hiking with friends, um, jogging, and I have a stationary bike at home that I like go on when I'm watching like, shows. Like Elle Woods. Like Elle Woods. Um, and those things I all really love because – they are, they are things I sort of incorporate into my regular life. I like listen to music or listen to audiobooks that I want to catch up on when I'm um, running or walking. And I'm like watching my shows when I'm on the bike or I'm hiking with friends. And for me, like that's what I really need right now is I need fitness to not feel like a thing I have to cross off a list out of obligation. I need it to feel like part of my routine um, and like I'm doing things I love while I, while I do it. So I was in a, just a place where I couldn't really do, where I was just like getting bored with um, a fitness class because I, I need more mental stimulation. And even if I'm learning a new exercise, like it's often not enough mental stimulation for me. So I just needed something totally different. Um, I couldn't just be in a class like pushing harder because I get bored. Well, at university, 
what really helped me get through my degree was joining the rock climbing club. And one of the things that I love most about climbing is that it's a perfect balance of mental, physical, and technique. And so I was moving my body in a way that it so desperately needed from hours of sitting and reading and writing and typing. But I was also thinking about the puzzle of how to do the route. And so there was this, it was engaging my brain and I was building up specific techniques and skills around the sport that could completely exercise my brain in a different way too, to get me away from obsessing over what I was working on. Because as we mentioned in our stillness episode, you can't just keep, or I, I just can't keep writing endlessly. There has to be some pause. And I found that a really great way to fill that pause was, was through climbing. Yeah. And I just, I feel like these activities can, can be like necessary breaks, necessary, um, opportunities for relief from homework or, or writing or, you know, whatever it is. Like, I mean, we love making art, but it's like, you need to do something else that's completely different and having climbing or, or running or what, you know, whatever your thing is, um, can also be like a really great intermission in the middle of your day or a great way to change. What what am I trying to say? Well, I think it's something to prioritize. Yeah. I think our episodes are always about balance, I'm realizing. And if you're someone who who tends to really be in their head, and I think a lot of artists are, you know, we get into like, I call it like, I'm in crazy artist brain. I have so many ideas. Like I get really, really up into my head. Um, And I have to balance that out with like body work or or fitness. I have to to do things to ground me back into my body so I can just be a person. So hilariously, as you're talking about balance, I'm standing here in my podcast studio in tree pose on one foot balancing, literally, which I think you mentioned a few episodes back of like how you were stretching during recording and I was like oh I think that subconsciously worked its way in and as you're talking about about how movement for your body is so essential to your craft I'm just doing it I'm doing it now and so I think we're talking about finding community and building in a structure and finding the right fit for your lifestyle. And if you don't know where to start, then just have a a stretching party with us now. Yeah, I wonder if people will be listening to this while they're out walking or if anyone's going to listen like while they're on a bike or something. Roll your Um, shoulders. And you can certainly now start from the beginning (laughs) and (laughs) do your fitness routine while you listen. I was going to try to insert like a a fitness reference there, but I don't know the terminology. (laughs) So what is the art life? The art life is using every part of myself as a tool for my craft. What is the art life? The art life is everything. (laughs) Hell yeah. It's just everything. I'm thinking about how far we've come in this episode of talking about really difficult things that we're dealing with in in our lives externally from this topic and how we're talking about how necessary it is to move our bodies and have structures in place. And it all feels relevant to taking care of ourselves so that we can produce art, but also taking care of our art. Yeah, and it's all just so connected, and it feeds into itself, right? Like the healthy choices make your your work 
more healthy or sustainable if you're taking care of your body, if you're taking care of your mind, you, you know, you can make more gentle, soft art. <laughs> like you can make more healing work for the world if you're taking care of yourself. And I think that taking care can feel messy. It can feel like you're not always going through the perfect fitness montage. There are ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah, and that flexibility is yet again so important. That said, do you have a favorite training montage? Oh my gosh. Like from, from film and TV history? Are there other forms of training montages? I guess I guess not. Well, I think there's probably music videos. <laughs> we fitness intros. We fitness intros. Um, oh my gosh, wait, I don't know. I don't have a favorite. I wrote I wrote in our notes like like training montages because I in my own head am in my own training montage so often. Oh, so there's another form of training montage that's not film and TV. There's the kind in your head. Yes, like I'm in my own personal movie of my life. Um, <laughs> I, I would have not to say um, in film, it would be Kill Bill. It would, it would be Kill Bill Volume 2. And then in book, because there actually is a book, um, that I think about a lot when I think about fitness and, and mental health and art life. And that's the, the book, The Silver Linings Playbook. I'm, I'm, I'm saying book over and over because it's also a movie. And the book is pretty different. And it's one of my favorite books. Um, but the way that exercise and fitness is related to art making and mental health in that book is very inspiring to me. So much so that I, I reread that book every single year. Wow. Oh, I love that. And th there's a topic, the books we read every single year. Oh, I love that. Mm. What about you, Zandra? Do you have any training montages you want to mention? Well, Mulan. Yes. I used to actually, um, this is related to my university climbing, as I have a Disney postcard of Mulan sitting at the top of the pole that she has um, has worked her way up. And that's like, that was on display in my, by my desk as like, yeah, perseverance. I would think about this a lot as like a kid running cross country as I, I was thinking about when physically it felt hard. I was like, oh, I'm going to work extra hard on my math homework now because that's so much easier compared to this. And then I do... I do think about Elle Woods as well because it's like a it's a study montage, but it involves fitness. And I think that is what we're talking about, where th this is all integrated. So great reminder. Zanjo, today we've talked about so many things that you've written essays about. And we even mentioned an essay you wrote last week about like when is the right time to talk about something you're currently living through. Um, where can people find your essays and your art? You can read my work on heroinetraining.com. I also post my essays on Instagram. I send them by email, which you can find on my website. And I have another podcast as well with my sister, Junie, called What's Your Favorite Part? And so if you are also binge-watching Disney+, Plus. Look us up in the podcast places for that, because we're obsessed. Grace, where can people find your art? As always, I am posting all of my work on patreon.com slash official. I tweet, I post things on Instagram, but if you want to follow sort of the, the, the full story, Patreon is where to go. I have also mentioned today that I've written about my recovery process, um, and that was on Patreon uh, during like National Eating Disorders Awareness Week this year. I posted two very long, extensive pieces of writing about uh, 
growing up in Hollywood and as a model and, you know, navigating eating disorder recovery in the sickest and most messed up um, culture when it comes to bodies and weight. And I also wrote about uh, setting a good example and, you know, choosing to, um, to be a leader, even when I, I want to like fall into bad patterns. And in that essay called Build Them a Cathedral, I also wrote about many of my role models in my personal life when it comes to like body image and um, fitness. And, and I also mentioned Bruce, the coach that I've talked so much about today. I remember when that project of yours came out, it feels bigger than a piece. Mm-hmm. I, I was telling people it's worth being a patron of grace just for this. If there were no other content, you get your value from this. So Thank I will. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, everyone, I hope you've enjoyed your stretching um, as we wrapped up this episode and that everyone's okay <laughs> as well. <laughs> so for wherever you're listening, from my side of the world, good morning. From my side of the world, good night. And wherever you are on a fitness journey or, you know, a, however you feel about your body, um, I was very grateful to talk about all of this today. And, um, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't just end this episode with saying, like, for me, it is such a privilege to be able to use mine and to have my own health for what feels like the first time in my life. So, you know, no matter where you are in your health as well, we hope that this episode brought you some inspiration and maybe some relief and hope and maybe some hope as well. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson Burns. You can find us online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91607, or email us, theartlife at heroinetraining.com. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.